0: Y'all alive this morning? Amen. How many of you saved? Amen. Glad you saved? Good. I'm glad. And uh, I tell you, we ought to be encouraged uh, that uh, we're able to come here, be in this place, and worship freely. And I'm thankful that this during this time of the season we're celebrating uh, the coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have a great opportunity. I. As all of you know, we've been preaching a series of messages on the life of David. I don't know, probably started this back in late spring. And uh, we have went all the way through from 1 Samuel. We, uh, In 2 Samuel, we're actually in 2 Samuel chapter 6. But today, I, as you know, um, the life of David corresponds with several books of the Bible 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and then, of course, we get bits and pieces of it, and the chronicles, and then, of course, we know that David's private writings, his private dealings with God, we find in the book of Psalms, and so we've been studying the life of David, and as I've been studying the life of David, we've been going through his life, we've just been going chapter by chapter, but today I want to kind of look at something different. We're still going to look at the life of David, but we're going to look at kind of a summary of David and look at some psalms this morning. And uh, there's a phrase, as I've been studying the life of David, there's a phrase that he uses quite often in writing his psalms. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he uses a phrase, and I want to look at that phrase today. And I want to look at several psalms, and we find this seven times in the Bible. I'm not going to preach on it seven times. Points this morning, but we are going to do five. And if we don't get to the fifth one, what's all right, we'll finish tonight. But I want you to open your precious Bible this morning to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter five is where we'll begin. Um, You know, um, I'd be remiss to say we live in a day where there's a lot of skepticism, and I understand that. My wife and I (laughs) watching picked up on a television show. It's called Let Us Pray, P-R-E-Y, Let Us Pray. And they're highlighting highlighting basically independent fundamental Baptist churches. And um, no doubt, no doubt, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of mistakes that's been made, no doubt. There's a lot of things we've learned through life. But um, one of the things that this show continues to do is, and I know it's not true here, but they try to make the pastor sound like he's some kind of a cult leader or a dictator. Now I want to help everybody here this morning, you have a copy, you have your own copy of the word of God, amen? And every Sunday I ask you to open up your precious Bible to a passage of scripture, so you can read for yourself what the Bible says. Amen? Amen? And then I believe a message that's given behind this pulpit, not just by me, but by other teachers. I, I know Brother Nate did it this morning in the Sunday school class. He talked about how the Christian life is a personal life. Yeah. Amen. We can hide in... A group of people, we, we. and by the way, I'm, I'm for team. I, I'm for the fellowship of the church. I'm glad that I have a family, amen? But to be fair, when the Christian life is narrowed down, I'm going to tell you right now, it's narrowed down between me and the Lord. And it's narrowed down between you and the Lord. There's no hiding when it comes to our personal relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage you. That's what we've been trying to preach for 15 years You've got to cultivate your relationship with the Lord. There's no one else that's going to answer for you. There's no one that's going to answer for me. There's no one that can dictate my thoughts, my life, my actions, my decisions, only me. I'm going to stand before a holy God and give an account for my personal life. And so are you. And I believe this message this morning is, is extremely important. I think it's very vital. And to be fair, I think it goes a lot along with what the Sunday school material was this morning as well. But in Psalm chapter 5, I want to read the whole Psalm. There's only 12 verses here. And we're going to pull this phrase out, and then we're going to go look at other Psalms, and we're going to preach on this one phrase. I'll give it to you in a moment. Verse 1 This is a Psalm of David. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider. My meditation, hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness, because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against thee. Now, by the way, in verse 10, we know he's speaking of enemies of him, David, personally. He's speaking of people that have that have been, become his enemies. But I want you to notice, he didn't even say, you need to do this toward them, Lord, because they're my enemies. Notice what he said. He made God the goal. He said, he said for they have rebelled against thee. By the way, all rebellion is ultimately always against God. By the way, we have children from time to time, they want to rebel against their parents. Can I say, ultimately, they're rebelling against more than their parents, they're rebelling against God. The Bible says in verse 11, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice, let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee, for thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him ...as with a shield. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll just speak to our hearts now. Use your word as we know you will. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a phrase in this passage. It's in verse 7. You'll find this phrase that David uses often... ...as he's writing a song. And I want you to notice this phrase is very simple. But as for me. But as for me. Now... I want to paraphrase that, and by the way, it could sound arrogant. I I know we've been around people before, and maybe I've even come across arrogant and say, look, you can do what you want, you can choose what you want to do, but as for me, here's what I'm going to do. Someone might take that as being arrogant, but I believe it's very wise. But as for me, the phrase basically says this, it told us how firmly he stood on some principles that governs his life. And by the way, everybody has principles that governs their life. And if you do not have principles, by the way, everyone does, we might not want to admit them, we might not want to talk about them, but the truth is, everyone sitting in here today, including this man standing, we have principles that govern our life. Now, I don't know why this thought came to mind, but... It came to my mind early this morning. When I was younger, just married, I worked at Lowe's. That was before the great big Lowe's. It was before the Lowe's that we know now. Back years ago, there was ticket runners. I was hired in as a ticket runner. That's basically the bottom of the barrel. What that was is you were in the back, you had an outdoor lumber yard. Now the lumber yard's inside of Lowe's. But when I started to work at Lowe's, the lumber yard was in the back and the store had all the other things in it but at our store in beckley west virginia i was hired as a ticket runner so i was in the back of the warehouse and they would send people that purchased lumber or cement or whatever uh, they would send us to send them to the back and they would hand us a ticket and we'd have to go and load up everything on that ticket all right well one particular day it was busy and by the way it seemed like it was always busy We were always trying to hire ticket runners, and I was running around trying to fill all these tickets, and all of a sudden, we'd come back to the ticket booth, and I pulled out a ticket, and it had on there some wiring, some fencing, and some cement. I'm like, all right, no problem. So I had to go back into the warehouse and get the the wiring, or get the fencing, the fencing, the roll of fencing, and then I came back, and I went there to the ready mix, the concrete mix. And when I got there, I realized the man that my ticket was for, he was in an old, beat-up, farm-use truck with a a dog kennel in the back. Now, I don't know about you, but I realized right off the bat, the moment I seen him and I seen his truck being from West Virginia, I knew he didn't come down off the mountain very often. The way he was dressed, the way he looked, the way he was standing there, he didn't want to be there, but he had to be there because he needed some cement. And some fencing. And so as I went to go and load up that cement, I said, sir, I'm sorry. I said, this place is crazy. I'll never forget what the man said to me. In his hillbilly mountain voice, he looked at me. He said, sonny, he said, as for me, he said, y'all can have this whole place. He said, I wouldn't trade any of it in this place for my cur dog. Now, some of y'all are looking at me awful strange." Well, you got to be from West Virginia. I could tell by the man's clothing. I could tell by the man's truck. I could tell by that that man, and here's here's what he meant by that. He said, Sonny, I don't care about any of this. I just want to get this fence and this cement, and I'm going to get up out of here because my life, as for him, he said, my life is all about hunting with my cur dog. And by the way, I believed it. By the way, but as for me as a Christian, what should be my governing principles and even more so, what would be your governing principles? If you went into the Lowe's and said, hey buddy, but as for me, what would be your governing principle? But as for me. David said, but as for me. And there's several things here in this passage. By the way, I believe it. I never seen that man again at that Lowe's. And I truly believe that all that man cared about and governed his life was squirrel hunting with that cur dog. Amen. That governed his life. He told me right there, I had just met him. And to be fair, there was no reason for him to tell me at that moment. as, As I told you that story, did there seem like there even was a reason for him to say that at that moment, me bringing him some cement? You say, Pastor, why did he say it? I'm going to tell you why. Because I believe it. He said, but as for me, I just want to get out of here. I want to go hunting with my cur dog. That was his governing principle. What about our governing principles as Christians? But as for me. By the way, we need some governing principles. Would you agree? Here's the phrase, verse 7. As for me. In other words... He said, you make your choice. That's what that man said to me. He said, boy, you can do whatever you want. You can keep carrying this semen if you want. Just hurry up, and load my truck. I want to get on up out of here and get with my cur dog. He said, as for me, he said, boy, you can have this place. I'm out of here. As for me, and by the way, when we hear people talk like that, sometimes we think, oh, they're being arrogant. No, not really. David just says, hey, look, I just want y'all to know. You can do what you want. You can make the choices you want, but as for me. You know, that also has a ring in it from Joshua chapter 24 as well, doesn't it? Wasn't it, wasn't it Joshua that said, but it's for me and my house. We are going to serve the Lord. And by the way, we live in a day where you've got to live like this. You're going to have to have you some personal principles that's going to guide your life. And I believe just by looking at this passage of scripture this morning, I believe we can get some that can help us. How many of y'all believe y'all need some help this morning? I believe we could all use some help. You know, some might say, well, Pastor Mark, you have an arrogant attitude. You tell people all the time, but as for me, what are you going to do? Look, we have to live that way. We now live in a day where the world's not our friend. Would you agree? And sadly, we live in a day where I'm not being ugly, but sadly, there's a lot of churches not doing the right things today either. So there comes across a point sometimes and say, hey, that's what they're going to do. But as for us and for me, here's what we're going to do. We have to have governing principles to live our life. And if you don't have any, the world will make sure you get some. And if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Right? But as for me. David said, but as for me. In other words, he said, I'm fixed. I'm firm. And I think there's some things that we can look at that can be helpful. Let's just look at the first one. Verse 7 in chapter 5 of Psalm. But as for me, I will come unto the house in the multitude of thy mercy and in the fear of Will I worship toward thy holy temple? Now there's a lot here because I believe he said, you know what, For as for me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stay consecrated to the Lord in a wicked world. I don't know about y'all, but we live in a pretty wicked world. And I think we better have us a governing principle, but as for me, I don't know what John's going to do. I don't know what Junior's going to do. I don't know what Bubba's going to do, but as for me... I'm going to live for the one who died for me and loved me and saved me. But as for me, I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord in a wicked world. By the way, if you don't make that decision, if you don't live by that practice, if you don't live by that principle, guess what? You won't. We won't. Can I say, David said right here, he said, but as for me, So I don't know what you're going to do, but he, and he, by the way, he's just given this horrible picture of all these evil things going on. This wicked world. He said, look, I'm combated about with wickedness. God, are you going to let the wicked win? He, he's asking a lot of questions. He said, Lord, are you, going to, are you going to shut out these transgressors? Are you going to put them down? And, and we know the answer to that. But David's looking, saying, look, I can look at the world and get discouraged. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. But as for me, I don't know what the world's going to do. I don't know what the wicked are doing. But for me, I'm going to stay faithful to my Lord. What's he say? He says, number one, he says, for me, I will come into the house. In other words, he said, I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. There's a good preaching point right there. Y'all know what? There are. Listen, there are stadiums filled to capacity this morning. There are stadiums filled to capacity this morning for people to watch other men throw a throw a leather ball around, carry a leather ball. And by the way, I'm not preaching against football. I like watching it. But I'm going to tell you something right now. As for me, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord on his day. I'm not going to minimize it. I don't want to minimize it. And by the way, the Bible says for as much uh, uh, as often as you do. And then the Bible says that we should not forsake the ascending of ourselves so much the more. He said, David said, look, I don't know what so and is going to do. I don't know if they have, I don't know if so and having church services or not, but as for me, he said, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to go into his house. And I know some, somebody in theology might say, well, Pastor Mark, you know he's not talking about church there. Yes, I know he's not talking about church there, but he is talking about the temple. And they did go there, and there was teaching, and there was worship. And by the way, that's what we do here. So he said, I'm going to be faithful to his house. I'm going to be faithful to church. As for me, as for me, I don't know what so and so is going to do. And by the way, you've got to get there because you know what? If you're not careful, you'll get discouraged. I know there's folks here. There's some in my life, no doubt. There's folks I get discouraged over. I wish they had more of a desire to be faithful to church. I'm going to be honest with you. There's people I love that I wish had a greater desire to be faithful to church. And if I'm not careful, I'll let that discouragement come to a place to me to where I'll say, you know, what's the use? No, but as for me, I'm going to stay faithful to the Lord. I'm gonna stay faithful, I'm gonna come to this house. Can I say this? He says something else here in this. But as for me, I'm gonna to go to church, I'm gonna to go to the house, his house, to thy mercy. And he says, and I'm gonna, fe- and, and thy fear will I worship. In fear, in other words, y'all, y'all I'm gonna say this. I'm just gonna stay faithful in fear in the Lord. <laughs> David said, but as for me. By the way, we live in a day, like even now, I talked to you about that show a moment ago where let us pray, P-R-E-Y. They make it sound like they're serving some dictator. Sometimes people act like we're serving a dictator in God. We don't have a fear because we're serving some dictator. What does that mean we fear the Lord? I'm going to be honest with you, as good as he is to us, where has it gone that it would hurt us if we know we didn't please him? I wonder, we, we make this all about, oh, you better do this. Oh, you better not do that. But where is it when someone loves us so much? Where, do we, where have we gotten to where we don't care if we let somebody down that loves us? You say, Oh, what's the fear of the Lord? Well, do you love Him so much and you know that He loves you that you're scared to let Him down? Oh, we live today in awe of oh, the Lord, He'll understand. He'll understand. It's all right. It's no big deal. No, listen to me. Do we know He loves us enough that we, and we love Him enough that we're afraid to let Him down? Does that bother y'all? Does it bother you? Does it bother me when I live a kind of life that I know I'm letting the Lord down? See, we live in such a community today and such a society today. Who cares? They, uh, who, what's that matter? Oh, that's no big deal. Oh, you're one of them Bible. Oh, you, you take that to the tenth degree. Well, can I ask y'all a question? Do you think my wife would matter if I stay faithful to her or not? That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? But see, we live in a society today where, oh, that's no big deal. The Lord will forgive you. Well, I'm thankful for his forgiveness, but where is the fear that will let him down? The fear that we might not do something that would be honorable to him. The fear of letting him down. I don't know about you, but that to me, that's a great governing principle. That's more, I'll tell you right now, you better get to church because the preacher's gonna preach on you. Well, I'll tell you right now, you better get to church because if not, somebody down not gonna talk to about you. Look at me. That's child stuff. Yes, right. That's child <coughs> stuff what little children would talk about no I'm asking this are we going to stay faithful to the one who loves us see we're not motivated what will so and so think I, I, I say this with all kindness I really don't care we can't look by the way I care what you think but when it comes to the moment of the thing that's not even should be motivating why I do what I do it ought to be because I love him That's Christianity. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts and rules. See, we've, we've taught our teenagers for years, well, you better not do this. You better not. You got to do this. You got to dress like it. You, you got to do this. No, why? Because we're afraid of letting him down. Now, I don't know about y'all, but as for me, I want to be faithful to the Lord in this wicked day. And as for me, if every church in this valley shuts down on Sunday night, look at me. But as for me, if it's just me and my wife sitting here looking at each other, we ain't shutting her down. Why? Wow, I want to be faithful. I want to fear him. I want to be more fearful of him, but I am people. David said, man, I'm just, as for me, I'm going to be faithful to his house. I'm going to be faithful to fear him. And then here here he said this right in the same verse. He said, but as for me, I'm going to be faithful to worship him. Now, we've let people take that word from us. It's like now we're scared to death to worship because we think we're caught up in some charismatic movement. By the way, the real word worship is to be truthful and to be honest. If we're worshiping the Lord, we're probably about as down as low as we can get. Isaiah chapter 6, when the Lord was seen high and lifted up, what did, what did Isaiah say? Woe is me. I've said this before, and I know all of us know this, but if the President of the United States walked through this building this morning and come through those two doors, I want you to know out of respect, every one of us ought to stand because of his position. Out of respect. And everyone, I would hope, I would be extremely disappointed if no one did. I would be extremely disappointed if someone didn't. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. If the Lord Jesus walked through that door, there not a one of us would stand. I guarantee you not a one of us could get down on the ground low enough because we'd seen for who he is. Was it not Moses when he said, I want to see thy glory? And the Lord said, if you see my glory, you won't live. So he hit him in the cleft of the rock. And by the way, after he just seen the hinder parts of God's glory, Moses' face shone for weeks. But as for me, I'm going to stay consecrated. David said, I'm going to stay consecrated to him in this old wicked world. Can I say number two quickly? Look at Psalm 26. I'm going to hurry. Like I said, we don't get done not this morning. These sermons are like bologna. They're good no matter where you slice them. How many of y'all like bologna? Amen. Then y'all be back tonight. My wife loves baloney. She loves that big old thick baloney. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Whoa. Got the Spirit of God on that one, Robert. (laughs) Psalm 26. Look at verse 11. David speaking here now. Mark it. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful. Unto me. So in other words in verse 9 he's talking about don't gather my soul up with sinners and those there's many people that's walking around there they're trying to do mischievous things he said they're, they're they're evil people so here he said look here's what I'm going to but as for me I want to have the right kind of conduct. Psalm 26 verse 11, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. In other words, here's what he's saying. He says, Lord, I want to be, uh, as for me, I'm going to be thankful for what you've done for me. By the way, we live in a day where it amazes me. Even church children, church members, I've learned something that's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. We've kind of gotten away from just good old fashioned being thankful. I mean, when you hand a child something, man, it's like, they just grab it. Now, man, when I lived in a day, man, I'm going to tell you all right now, if I didn't tell somebody thank you, I heard about it when I got home. You say, oh, well, you had some mean old parents. No, my parents are trying to teach me that I should be grateful. We ought to be grateful. And he says right here, man, I'm glad. He said, look at verse 8. He said, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwell. He said, Lord, I've loved being around your people. He said, I want to be thankful. I want to tell others. And again in verse 8, he says again, I love being in church. Then verses 9 through 11, he said, Lord, don't gather my soul up with the sinners. He said, I don't want my life to be with bloody men. He said, I've tried to live my life separated from that. So he said, I want you to know as for me, No matter what's going on in this world He said, I want to be right I want to be good I've heard children say this all the time Y'all know what I'm talking about Well, why'd you do it? Well, I did it because so and so did it Or so and so told me so Well, here's a good Bible verse Here's a good principle to help your children And it's what my dad used to say to me all the time Well, son, if they told you to jump off of a bridge Would you? How many of y'all ever heard that? Well, who's going to do it? No, we do what we want. So what do we teach a child? We teach a child that they ought to do right because of the God that loves them and created them and they ought to have a desire to love him back by living for him. I hear, and I've done it, I've made them say, you do what I tell you to (laughs) do, boy. Well, why? Because I told you to. Well, there's better reasons because I told you to. What's that matter? I told you to. Well, maybe the only reason I told my son or daughter to do that is because I don't want them to embarrass me. That's not the right motive. That's not the right motive. What's the right motive? Because of Jesus. Here's what I want to say, but as for me, we have a group of young people growing up and their religion is their parents. It needs to be theirs. And I believe the way we train them is so important. And we have to have principles. They're not just sitting against me. It's more important that my children embarrass me. What about the God of heaven? Do you know we live in a day where over 80% of children that attend church, the moment they get out of home, they never darken the door again. I believe one of the reasons is because we've made them accountable to us. And see, here's what's amazing. Once those children get out on their own, they're no longer accountable to you. But here's what they always need to know. They're always accountable to him. But as for me, he said, I'm going to do right. I've got biblical principles. He says, but for me, I'm going to do good, God. I want to serve you. But as for me, he said, but as for me, I'm going to be consecrated to you in this wicked world. Lord, I want to be, as for me, I want to live for you in this wicked world. I want my conduct to be pleasing unto thee. But notice verse 3. This is convicting. Look at verse 35, Psalm chapter 35. Will you turn there quickly, Psalm 35? Psalm 35. As I was studying, I had to get up out of my office and walk away from my desk. You hear me? I got so under conviction that I had to walk up out of my office and get up away from my desk. As I was studying this passage of Scripture. Because you know what? God knows what's going on in my life. He knows exactly where we are. He knows all the circumstances around my life and around my family's life. And I had to get up and walk away from my desk. I was such under conviction. Look at Psalm 35 verse 13. Here's what the Bible says. Actually, let me just read verse 11 to get the context. False witnesses did rise up they laid to my charge things that I knew not verse 12 they rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul but as for me when they were sick my clothing was sackcloth i humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned in my own bosom i behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. Do you understand the power of this verse? Here's what David said. In this unthankful, unthoughtful world, he said, but as for me, I'm going to be concerned for people. And here's the context. I've even been concerned for my enemy. I want to say there's a lot of things that God wants us to do that we're not able to do within ourselves. It takes complete yielding to the Spirit of God. This is one of them. This is one of them. Can I say to every parent, God commands you to raise your children a certain way. Listen to me. You'll never do it because it goes against your grain. Unless you're completely yielded and letting the Spirit of God help you do it. Because some of the things that God asks us to do as Christian parents doesn't make sense to the world. It is hard to parent in the Christian life. And by the way, you'll never do it right without the aid of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You'll never be concerned for people like you should without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Y'all want to see the context here? Here's what David said. David said that there has been people that's lied about me. And he said they've lied so much that it's hurt my very soul. That's what David said in verse 11. He said they've, they've, they've lied and they've rose up and brought up false witnesses against us. And he said, here's what he said. He said, "Charge things that I didn't even know." Now, I don't know about you. That hurts. That hurts deeply. When someone lies about you and attacks you and you're innocent, it hurts. Then he said, Then they rewarded me evil, good to the spoiling of my soul. Here's what he said. He said, I've done good to them. He said, I treated them like family. We brought them into our home. They know us. We've loved them. And he said, it's hurt so bad that it spoiled my soul. Now this is David speaking. They've spoiled my soul. Powerful. but Here's what he said. But as for me. He said but when they were sick. When they were hurting. He said I didn't sit back and go. Good. Now it's their turn. He didn't look at him and say. Ah. You getting what you ought to get. He says no. As for me. I'm even going to show godly concern to people that's even tried to hurt me. I'm going to tell you all something. You'll never do it in the flesh. Amen. I'll never do it in the flesh. You know what our instinct is? Good. It's what you deserve. I had to walk away from my desk. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I know it looks like weakness, but this is great strength. He has a concern for people, for others, even his enemies. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, what do you want us to be, a bunch of pushovers? No. No. But we'd do a whole lot better if we yield to the Spirit of God and let us make make us like this. These are one of these things that are so practical that we all know how hard it is to live like this. But I love it. See, you'll never do it in the flesh. You'll never never be concerned for others. I often... I often wonder, in the ministry, we're coming down the pike here. We're many years down the pike. We've been been in this thing a long time. I wonder how many of us have gotten calloused in our Christian life. For instance, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I am going to try to be pointed here. Or do you care enough to come out on a cold night on the 14th of December to come out and to think of others? Because I can promise you this. (laughs) The people that we're going to go sing to, they're not our enemies. They're sweet, precious people that's going to be a lonely maybe possibly this time. And we can be an encouragement to them. That's what I'm talking about. But see, to be fair, and to be honest with you, it's in all of us. I don't care. Let them have it. I got too many more important things to do. You know why we think of ourselves. Davis says, oh, no, but as for me, I'm going to be concerned for others. Can I say quickly and i got to close Psalm 55 verse 16 We'll find another one I'm going to close Psalm 55 verse 16 Here's what he said I love it The Bible says As for me I will call upon God And the Lord shall save me (laughs) Now I want everybody to listen to me just a second If you're here this morning And you're not saved If you're here this morning And you don't know for sure If you die you're going to heaven Then Listen You need to do your very, very best to to pay attention. Psalm 18:30 says this: the Lord's way is perfect. The Lord's way is perfect. And by the way, when it comes to salvation, His way is perfect, it's beautiful. I'm an old sinner, I've sinned. I was born a sinner. You were born a sinner. Our sin separates us from God. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't live a good enough life. We can't pray enough. We can't give enough to the church. There's only one way we can get saved and be cleaned and forgiven of our sin. The one that we've offended has to do it. So the very God of heaven, even though why we had failed Him and sinned against Him, and our parents, our parents, Adam and Eve, sinned against God, and because they sinned, sin is passed upon every man. So we're all sinners, but we've got to get saved. And by the way, there's nothing we can do to get saved. So here's what's beautiful. The Bible says God's ways are perfect, and I'm thankful His way of salvation is perfect. So here it is. We're the guilty... He's the innocent, yet he paid the price of my guilt. He sacrificed for me. I'm the one that's guilty, but Jesus Christ came to this earth and... and, This year is why, this time of year is why we're celebrating. He was born of a virgin. He was laid as a baby in a little manger. He grew up to go to Calvary. He bled and died on the cross. That's not just a fairy tale to speak of. It's true history. Why did he do that? Why did he come? I mean, you think about it. Wouldn't there be another way that we could redeem mankind? I mean, if we would have redeemed ourselves, we'd say, how much, Lord? How much to get me out of this? That's that's how we, we, we do, you know, but not everybody's got money. That's why paying for salvation is not perfect. It's not God's plan because not everybody can do it. But here's what's amazing. The Lord's way is so perfect that even a child can be saved. The poor, the rich, the mute, hey, the lame, the crippled, the blind. Listen, all people can trust Jesus Christ. It doesn't exclude anybody. The Lord's way is perfect. He paid the price. All we've got to do is accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He's the way. He paid it all. To Him I owe. He, listened. sin left a crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. That's perfect. How many of y'all believe that's perfect? It's perfect. The one we sinned against is the one that provided the way. Now all of you mothers understand that, don't you? How many of you love your children? How many of you mamas love your children? Can I get a good loud Amen. How many of you would do anything for them? You'd lay your life down before they would die. How many of you would do that? Why? Because you love them. Well, that's what Jesus did for us. Because he loves us. And if you're here this morning and you, you do not know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, you can walk out of this building today knowing that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. It's not a religion. You'll walk out of this building having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you meet him by faith. You trust him as your Savior. Why? His way is perfect. I don't know about y'all, but I hear a lot of different ways of trying to get saved. I've heard some say you got to get baptized. I've heard some say you've got to give money to the church. I've heard some say you got to live the best life. But as for me, I'm going to tell you all right now, if I'm getting in, it's through him. But as for me, and by the way, the doctrine of our church, we believe that salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. And all of Tiftonia Baptist Church said, Amen. Amen. So, as for me. So, if y'all are with me and as for me, y'all believe Jesus Christ is the perfect way of heaven, would you stand to your feet? And with head bowed and eyes closed, can I ask you just a couple of questions? Would you be honest? But as for me, I know that might come across like being arrogant, but he didn't mean it to be arrogant. He said, as for me. Can I ask parents today, have you helped your children have some guiding principles in their life that as for them? You know, I'll never forget we had a couple when they were before they joined the church. I love what they said. I always deal with it, but I'd never had anyone come to me and say this. And before I got a chance to say it, he asked me. He said, Our greatest concern of coming and joining this church is can we grow here? Listen to me. That's a, that is the probably the most important reason why you should join a church. Can you grow? Grow in what? Here it is. Y'all ready? In your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything stems from that. Everything. So can I ask you the question this morning? How many of you this morning say, boy, I thank God as for me. I know I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am so thankful he saved me. By uplifting your hand, you're thankful for that. Would you raise your hand? That's a blessing. Can I ask you this? You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning, and I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Would you be an honest person? I promise you, I will do that. I will pray for you. Would you slip your hand? No one's looking, just me and you. Would you slip your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor, I don't know for sure. If I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. God bless you. I see that hand. And I'm going to keep my promise. But I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask, as soon as the service is over, I'm going to ask, would you please come and talk to me? Would you please? She's going to begin to play something on the piano here. I'm going to ask. And maybe if you don't care, if you raise your hand, you don't even want to wait. That's fine. I'm, you come. We'll take the Bible and show you how to be saved. How many of you know that there are some guiding principles in your life and they govern your life? You ought to thank God for them. As for me. As for me. What would that be for you? As for me. I don't know what anybody else is going to do. I don't know what else they're going to choose to do, but as for me. Stop provoking it. Heavenly Father, we come to you. This morning we thank you for your many blessings, we thank you for your word, Lord I'm thankful. Lord we know David wasn't perfect, David made many mistakes, he sinned greatly. So Lord we all know that we're sinners, we all know that we're flesh, but Lord we know as we read the life of David there were guiding principles that he never got too far from. I pray you'll help us to live the same. We'll thank you for what you do. And our hearts today bring us back tonight at the next appointed time. And we'll praise you for what you do. We ask it all in Jesus' precious name and all God's people say it. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Cooks, so good to have you here today. God bless you. Be back tonight, six o'clock.